0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Weekly Preview right here with Luch and TJ. I'm Justin Carlucci with TJ Lasig. If you haven't tuned in before, check out RotoGrinders.com. Check out all the premium content. We've got a lot of great stuff. TJ here does a weekly GPP article, among other things. What's up, TJ? What kind of stuff you've been doing for Roto-Grinders lately? How's
1: it going? Happy to be chatting with you again on this Monday. Yeah, been writing that GPP article every week for RG. Obviously doing this podcast with you every week. And then we're in a little bit of a break in the, the PGA season right now. So that's kind of nice to get to focus all my time on football. I know that we'll have NBA starting up again here shortly. So I know you're you're involved heavily in the, the Roto Grinders NBA streets. So the people can look for you there. But we still got a couple... A couple of weekends of football left, and a couple of good slates, I would say. This this past weekend was, was a pretty decent one for me. Also a nice one as, a, as an Eagles fan. We may have a changing of the guard here with Jalen Hurts getting a win in his first NFL start. I thought that that was exciting to watch. For me, at least, I, I, was, I was tired of watching Wentz just sit in the pocket and get sacked every play. So it was nice to see someone with a little bit of mobility there. We'll see if this is at all sustainable once some of these other coaches get get film on Hertz, but that was fun to watch. And I think Derek Henry was the, the story of the slate for me. Had him or, or for, for a lot of a lot of lineups I would say. Had him in both of my cash lineups. I love the Derek Henry Henry DFS talk because people love to talk about how great of a play Derrick Henry is, but then not play him. And then after the fact, complain about it when he has a really, really big game. And they'll have another opportunity to do that this week because he's 9,500 at home against Detroit, who is also very poor against the run. So Derrick Henry, your guy, your Titans, just destroying the Jags this week.
0: A pleasure to watch Derrick Henry is uh, actually from Florida too. So a little narrative street there. He always seems to just smash the Jaguars, especially in Jacksonville. Um, I love it. I love it. The Titans have a very animated online fan base, I guess you could say, which is funny because they're kind of a small market team, but they're pretty, uh, they're pretty uh, present on like Twitter and social media. And they love to complain and bitch about everything. They really do. So I hope people are appreciating Derrick Henry, you know, on his bad games. Just like, Oh, why we pay him so much, you know, typical, like, but then he has these monster games. I mean, he's has some pretty historic accolades for, for certain things. He's, you know, maybe, maybe we're like watching a, a little bit of a hall of fame career in the making barring anything crazy. Cause he's just kind of, you know, back to back 1500 yard seasons has only been done a couple of times, you know, as it is. And he, he's just smashing. So, Hopefully people appreciate Derrick Henry. I sure do. I know Ryan Tannehill sure does because that play action game, you know, really seems to thrive. And, you know, you look at that box score. You know, we'll get to it later. You know, Tannehill might not be throwing for 350 yards every game, but he's, you know, top five or six in the league in a lot of uh, categories. So 30 touchdown passes from a guy who was, you know, traded for a bag of chips, you know, a fourth-round pick. Adam Gase kills everybody, you know. that That theme remains true. Look what's going on with the Jets week after week. But yeah, I think Derrick Henry was the story of the slate. Now, we'll start with him, but before we get to the story of the slate, tell me about kind of your constructions and like, what did you have success success with? Um, you know, how involved, you know, how much Henry did you have last over the weekend?
1: Yep. So I had, had him in both my, each of my cash lineups on each site. So I went with with Henry, went with Washington as the value, and then I think I had Montgomery on FanDuel, and uh, I went with McKissick on draft teams. We didn't do great, but I, I really, on draft teams, really wanted to make sure I got both Henry and Devonta Adams into my lineup. So I went with more of a Stars and Scrubs type of approach, and then also hand-built two smaller field GPP teams that, didn't do anything crazy, but but both were able to cash, which was nice, and ran with a. I actually did not have Derrick Henry in the tournament lineups, but I had a. I went with the Patrick Mahomes double stack on Fanduel, so Mahomes, Tyreek, and Kelsey, which we talked about in the show last week, was an expensive stack, but I thought that there was enough value to justify it, and it. Did well enough it obviously could have done better one of Tyreek's touchdowns was a rush so you don't get the Mahomes points there he also Mahomes pretty much just missed him on a one touchdown which ended up being an interception instead so they still had a solid performance but obviously left some upside on the table there and then on DraftKings I went with a Green Bay Detroit game stack which in, in itself wasn't great but I had I had Montgomery at very low ownership on DraftKings, like 10%. There's another guy that everyone wants to complain about, right? That, oh, he stinks. And then <laughs> I think it's three weeks in a row now. He's gotten almost 30 DraftKings points. So I'll keep playing him. That's fine by me. I don't care if it doesn't look like he's very good. And it was also kind of tilting because he gets an 80-yard touchdown run on literally the first play that he touches the ball. And then, like, Chicago's crushing them the whole time, but they decide that it's – you know, Trubisky's got to throw 40 times, and uh, I think Montgomery touched the ball six, seven more times the rest of the game, which was a little frustrating. But yeah, it was it was a good, good week overall. I thought I, I felt like I had a pretty good feel for the slate, and we're just going to continue to have value open up. I think almost every weekend. So yeah, be be willing to adapt, and oftentimes even Sunday morning we're getting news that if, uh, I know a lot of people went went and played Ronald Jones after the Fournette news came out. So just, just make sure you're following, make sure you got those roto grinders alerts on your phone. That's, that's actually key for me as I'm building lineups down the stretch.
0: I actually stuck with, I played the, uh, the power sweep on DK, made three teams. Um, and you know, with, with constructions and what you enter, you know, sometimes if I, if I really like a stack, um, I'll play a similar stack in all three of my teams and, you know, try to be a little bit different. Um, but I couldn't really make up my mind, and I kind of was like more torn with the other pieces that I, I figured all the stacks had a good chance to score well. So I stuck with a lot of stuff that we talked about in last week's preview pod, which you know throughout the week of news doesn't always happen. But I also double stacked Mahomes with Tyreek and Kelsey, who we'll get to Kelsey soon. Just the historic season he's having. You know, played Washington as my value. Had the Dallas defense on that team, um, and I also had T. Y. Hilton as a one-off, who just continues to have this the resurgence, like he found the fountain of youth and rivers is actually getting them the ball and Las Vegas is just pretty, really, really bad defensively. They fired the Chucky fired their defensive coordinator after the game we saw. So uh, I did run a Mahomes double stack. We talked about, uh, I did run a Herbert Eckler, Keenan Allen stack, which was disappointing. And as long as Anthony Lynn is the head coach of the chargers, I really just might stop rostering Justin Herbert and company. I mean, that, meltdown of clock management before the half potentially costed you multiple touchdowns in your charger stack if you played i i don't understand what happened i don't know why they're running the ball with the the clock running down you know uh, i don't i don't i don't know anything about what what the hell is going on with anthony lynn and the chargers if you haven't seen it if you didn't get to watch the game look it up it's all over twitter it's just crazy and <clears throat> Excuse me. My third team was a Green Bay, you know, Rogers, Devontae Adams, who at this point is just—I mean, you're you're getting a high floor every week, unless it's just a gauntlet of a matchup. I'm I'm pretty sure they're fairly matchup proof, at least for cash games at this point. You know, at least Rogers is, barring you know whatever Devontae Adams price increase was. But I did pair Henry with Adams and Rogers. This was my best team, and I used Washington for value, which which wasn't very good. Uh, Then I just had a bunch of guys that had pedestrian scores with them. You know, I played Curtis Samuel, who was, you know, kind of popular at 5,200. My favorite play on this one, I played the Eagles D for you. 2,200, I figured, I figured, you know what? But I really, um, I really was, how can I, what's the word I'm looking for? I was going to bet the money line on the Eagles, and I wimped out. I just thought to myself, Taysom Hill hasn't had to throw the ball yet to win a game. I mean, he had a cake schedule. And, you know, Carson Wentz was leaving your Eagles defense in a lot of bad situations. You know, they were on the field a lot. And I'm not saying the defense is good by any means. But we know the Eagles funnel the run. You know, Slay hasn't been very good. But those guys are gassed. They were on the field so much this season. So, at least Jalen was able to, you know, put together some drives, give him a breather. And the Eagles got a huge win. <laughs> we're still in the race. Um and although they only got me nine points, I thought they had some upside at, at 2200 because I mean, we saw Taysom Hill throw the ball. He made a lot of bad throws. Like it was what you thought it would be when he had to throw the ball. So that's where I took my shots, you know, can't complain. I, I'm cash, my three lineups, although it's not exciting, you know, profits, profit, you know, my cores hit, I just didn't get the, uh, you know, the correlating pieces into play. That being said, I mean, Derrick Henry is one of the stories of the slate, but I just talked about the Eagles. So let's talk about the Eagles, man. I mean, that's a huge headline. Jalen Hurts coming in after all the Carson Wentz drama. And although we both live in Pennsylvania and we hear it, no matter if you throw on, uh, you know, 94 WIP or whatever radio you listen to going into work, the national media loves the Eagles too. So you can't hide from the Carson Wentz Jalen Hurts drama. Talk to me about it. I know you're you're a big time Eagles fan. You're closer to the city. What are you hearing, and just what are your thoughts after what you saw Sunday?
1: Yeah, I'm really curious to see how things progress from here. I think I think obviously we got to go back to to Hertz here, and long term, I do not know what the plan with Wentz will be, or, or what options there even are. Obviously, he's locked into a very very large contract here, so that hamstrings them I'm sure a bit in terms of what they can do but it was exciting it was exciting to watch just a more dynamic offense with Hertz and his ability to to run the ball I think he rushed the ball 18 times I saw got over 100 yards rushing so certainly a a different look and feel when compared to Wentz so exciting to watch first and foremost which really for me right now that's my my number one thing with the Eagles is just it was enjoyable and entertaining to watch whether or not this really I'm not going to overreact too much to a one game sample I also think that we have plenty of evidence in the past of these especially these dual threat types of quarterbacks being able to once their game is on tape the other teams being able to, to figure them out a bit I think we're seeing a little bit of that with Lamar Jackson this year. He's not being able to perform the way that he was in the past. Kyler Murray has regressed. So I don't I don't think it's sustainable for him to continue to run in that way, the way he did this game. But I'm certainly up for it and looking forward to, to the, next, the next game and see how that goes here. But I'm not going to overreact too harshly.
0: Yeah, I guess that really shows you how much of a unicorn Michael Vick was in his prime. I know everything was different, you know. 15 years ago schemes were different everything but no one could figure him out i mean no one could stop him um just crazy just crazy when you think about it although you know Jalen Hurts he spread the ball around you know he got the ball he gave these guys opportunities you know, Dallas got six targets Greg Ward and Miles Sanders both had five targets good to see Miles Sanders involved finally a good game about time you know, Jalen Rieger. Four targets and a really big catch in that game. You know, a big run after the catch. Um, Ertz saw three targets. So uh, he didn't lock in on anyone, which I think was a good sign. He was willing to kind of take what the defense gave him, spread the ball around a little bit. And I'm excited. You know, he was very low-owned in a lot of tournaments. And uh, I saw a lot of roster constructions on the Twitter screenshots. You know, people were playing him naked and and, uh, some stuff like that. And uh, he, he helped out. I mean, you're able to cram in, you know, your Henry and your Kelsey easy, you know, if you think her, you know, Jalen Hurts has that upside. And, you know, he ran the ball a lot, like you said. So moving forward, who knows? But the Saints are no slouch defensively either, right? They were ranked first in some metrics across the league. And I don't know. Let's play, Let's play like, hypothetical what-if game because, you know, Philly media loves that. What, do you, what would, have, would Carson Wentz have won that game?
1: I do not think so. No, I do not think Carson Wentz would have won that game. And it almost seemed like the team just played with more energy too. Man, that, that obviously gets very into the narrative, but it, it just there just seemed to be more of a more of an energy about it on both sides of the football. So maybe the locker room was just ready for a change, and and Hertz brought that. He looked confident out there. So from a real life football perspective, certainly going to be. Monitoring that and and watching that, and then from a, a DFS perspective, Eagles are at Arizona this week. Hertz is up to to fifty nine hundred, so got got a price bump for sure. I don't know that he's necessarily someone that we want to be immediately getting into our lineups, but we always are looking for those dual threat types of quarterbacks, and we don't get many of them for for fifty nine hundred. So I think that it's something you can consider and running him out naked without pairing him with anyone is probably the best
0: bet, especially
1: with the way he spread the ball out, the way you said.
0: Agreed. Agreed for sure. As for the Saints, they will take on the Chiefs at home. Still not sure about Drew Brees. There's no uh, real timetable, I guess. So Taysom Hill's 6K. Yeah, that Chiefs defense has been exploitable from time to time, but I you know, if they fall behind early, I it might be another case where well can Taysom Hill win the game throwing the ball again kind of thing. So I think that's very game script dependent. And can we just get Alvin Kamara back? I can't wait till Drew Brees comes back so we can get our guy back. What do you think?
1: I know. It's been he he at least got over twenty points last week, but I wonder, because I mean he's sitting at seventy four hundred on DraftKings. I wonder if we're going to end up with a week where Breeze comes back and Kamara's is still priced way down, and then we get a, a massive chalk Kamara week. If Breeze is going to come back, I'm not sure on his status. Yeah, this should be a good, a good real-life football game for sure. One of the higher totals on the slate too, I believe, 51.5. Kansas City, three-and-a-half point favorites. I don't I, think we need to talk at length about who to play on the
0: on the Chiefs, right? <laughs> I mean, no, you're exactly right. I thought you were going to tell me that Alvin Kamara is back. He hit ten targets against the Eagles. Quiet, ten targets against. He Philly. did. He did. You know they were trailing for a while, but still, I mean, it was encouraging to see he had a combined six targets the last three games. So, so maybe I
1: he he might be the preferred run back, maybe in a Mahomes. Yeah. Mahomes stack, I, I don't know who else on New Orleans were jumping to play.
0: No, I'm good. I mean, that's an expensive, you know. It's expensive. Three to four guys you're looking at probably. Yeah. But something to monitor. You're right. The Chiefs, you know, goes without saying. We talked on last week's pod about pretty much double stacking, you know, when you play Mahomes at, at the highest-priced quarterback, like you said, you're going to need him to go off, and odds are it, it typically is – Two guys, at least two guys doing the damage. But are we going to see sticker, sticker shock with 8K Travis Kelsey? Or, you know, just what are you feeling here? What are you gauging his ownership might be? I mean, he's 2500 more than any other tight end on the slate. And, and rightfully so. He is a monster.
1: He's an absolute beast. And 8K is a ton to pay for a tight end. He would be the, the fourth highest priced wide receiver. Here's the wide receiver position. <laughs> But if you just look at his game log, he's gotten 28 plus points in literally five out of six games. That's impressive. And the sixth game, he got 16 points. So he has a high floor, he has a high ceiling. He's going to get his 10 to 12 targets. And I think he's still certainly well in play at 8K. Probably makes sense to to pay down at tight end and more of a cash game type of bill, just because that's generally the roster construction. But in tournaments, you have to have Kelsey on your mind. I think even at that 8K price tag, he's just one of the best raw fantasy raw point fantasy players at any position.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Do you want to move on to the big dog, Derrick Henry as the kind of co-headline, I suppose, of, of the fantasy slate, the uh, Titans-Jags. We talked talk to him about briefly him briefly about it. He was projected chalk, and he was pretty chalky. And I know you say your favorite Derrick Henry weeks are when he flies under the radar, which is awesome. Uh, this wasn't one of the weeks, but it was still a pretty sick week. You know, just he thrives against Jacksonville. Obviously, the Jaguars are bad. They're bad. You know, but it's any given Sunday. They brought the Vikings to overtime the previous week. You know, you just – you can't play the he said, she said game. You know, he – you know, wow, well, the Jaguars brought Minnesota to overtime, so maybe they're legit. You know, it's just such a chess, chess game of individual matchups. And, um, you know, it's not like MLB. It's like, well, you know, Strasburg's pitching in a pitcher's park. You know, you know he's probably going to uh, shove. Uh, you just you – just, it, it's so variant. Um, Derrick Henry, 9,500. Are you paying for him? Would you consider paying for him?
1: Definitely. It's really a, a pretty similar spot to it was last week. I'm looking right now. Jacksonville is the third worst against the run in terms of rushing yards allowed, and, and Detroit, who he gets this week, is fourth worst. So pretty similar matchup. And Derrick Henry can just do things that, that no one else can do. 26 carries, 215 yards, two touchdowns. I think he he ran he rattled off at least three chunk yard run plays of, what, 30 plus. And while he was somewhat chalky, he was only 20, 25% owned in a lot of contests, which makes sense given the high price tag. But I think that he's somebody that we have to take a look at again this week in such a good matchup
0: his numbers are ridiculous I yeah, mean come great. on you know three times value for him is is 28 and a half and I there's still people that are like well he doesn't catch the ball he's 17 catches I, I get it I thought he'd be a little more involved in the past game this year he had a couple monster screenplays last year I'm just thinking you know off the top of my head I mean the guy you know able to get him in space in different ways but it's about opportunity. I mean, he has at least 26 carries in three of the last four games, right? Like, this is December, Derrick Henry's month. I believe, don't quote me on this, I got to check. I think if the Titans beat Detroit, they clinch a playoff for two. So, I don't care if Stafford's in or out. And the Titans, you know, have times where they score in flurries. This game against the Jaguars, I don't have the box score in front of me, but it was a pretty low-scoring game late in the second quarter and the halftime, and the Titans kind of just uh, exploded, so – I'm not shying away from Derrick Henry. I'm hoping some value opens up because I I do like some of the pricier other people, other guys on this slate. I love the idea of going back to Kansas city, you know, in a dome kind of thing, but yeah, I'm, I'm cool with with Derrick Henry. I I think he, God, I mean, you have to crush at 9,500. I
1: know that's the problem.
0: It is, it is really
1: expensive. And there are some, when we scroll down, there's there's a couple guys that I'm pretty interested in, I would say, that, that I'm sure we'll get to. Jonathan Taylor seems to really be coming into his own here. Yeah. We talked I a little really- bit before the show about Cam Akers, who seems to be becoming a, a true workhorse in the Rams, and he's at home against the Jets. So I think that Henry probably falls out of the mix in optimal builds, which makes him a a good tournament play because he'll have ownership, but because of that high price tag, it it is hard to fit him. And we'll have to see what kind of value opens up. But I think from a raw points play perspective, he he has to be the number one on the slate. And then we have, we do still have Dalvin Cook as well, who is flying under the radar a bit after a not great matchup last week against Tampa, but still put up 22 fantasy points. And he's home against Chicago, which – also not, not the greatest matchup. So between the two of them, it'll be interesting to see what people pay up for. And we have Saturday football this week, so we do not have Devonte Adams on the slate, which I w- would think makes people more inclined to to pay up at the running back position since we don't have that, that super, super stud wide receiver that we're trying to pay
0: for. We sure do have some Saturday football for the first time this season. And for you all that are still alive in your season-long leagues, it's probably the semifinals week coming up in your league. So good luck to you guys. And make sure you set those lineups. Check for that news not only Thursday but Saturday and Sunday. You have Bills Broncos at 4.30 and then Panthers Packers at 8.15 on Saturday night. Love it. Some Saturday NFL Get to go relax, crack a a couple cold ones, you know. Don't have to worry about going to work the next day. Just worry about checking on some late uh, morning Sunday NFL news. I don't have prices in front of me, but two games that really aren't huge in real life for the underdogs. But, you know, jockeying for playoff position. Bills coming off a, a big win, a thumping against Pittsburgh on Sunday night football. Traveling a mile high. Your boy Josh Allen, is he back in the MVP mix? Is he getting there? I know you got a ticket on him. What are your thoughts about the Bills? And uh, just real quickly, you know, I'm sure there will be a Saturday slate. I mean, I I know there's a Saturday slate. I just haven't looked at it. But, you know, Broncos defense banged up. Here's Josh Allen.
1: Yeah, I always love Josh Allen. It should be an interesting little two-gamer because you'll have Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers as, as two obviously high-end quarterbacks that that you can go to but I love love all the the Josh Allen Stephen Diggs Cole Beasley even Gabriel Davis they have a pretty pretty condensed target share among those Allen I feel like hasn't been running the, the ball quite as much but still has that ability to get it done with the legs so yeah I, I like the idea on the of the two game slates of just trying to, to run an onslaught of, of stacking one up and hoping that, that one of the games shoots out and one of them maybe underperforms, which I think will be a viable option on this one because they both have similar similar situations, right around 50-point totals, right around touchdown favorites for Green, Green Bay and a half, Buffalo six-point favorites. So while I think my my boy Josh Allen is likely not going to, to be the MVP at the end of the day, I still think that he's, he's one of the the better fantasy quarterback options that we have in the league.
0: I'm just looking real quick at the Saturday two-game pricing. We won't spend a ton of time on this, but Aaron Rodgers, 7,800. Josh Allen, 7,200 on DK. Bridgewater, 5,200. And Drew Locke, who threw four touchdowns on Sunday, is 5K flat against Buffalo. So, should be a tricky little slate. You know, 5K for Drew Locke, probably play in the trailing game script, you know. Buffalo has shown you can they can be exploited through the air a little bit here, and of course you got you know Rodgers and Josh Allen and Teddy Bridgewater, slammed in between them. So that that's kind of fun. That that's kind of fun. And be a fun one. I feel like just watching that Buffalo Pittsburgh game. This sounds weird, you know, based upon you know how old we are and what we've known. I feel like right now, like what we grew up with. I feel like uh, I feel like Pitts like. Pittsburgh is a poor man's version of Buffalo at this point, because neither team run the ball. They both struggle to run the ball. Josh Allen is kind of like – like, obviously – like, Ben – like, Roethlisberger was, was like, the king of extending plays in his younger day, and he still does from time to time, but that's what Josh Allen does. Like, he extends those plays, he slings it, has some good receivers. The defense defense was was better last year, but it's still pretty good, you know. They get scored on at times, so – I was just watching that game and I feel like Pittsburgh was trying to execute the same way Buffalo was on offense but they just couldn't. They they just couldn't. And obviously Pittsburgh's defense is very good but after a slow start Josh Allen had had no problems, you know, Pittsburgh couldn't sustain drives and it's going to be a weird stretch to see, you know, down the stretch to see what Pittsburgh's got. You know, they just can't run the ball whatsoever. I know it's a passing league but Eventually, you got to—is is Connor the problem? Is the line the problem? Like, very strange, very strange here.
1: Yeah, after having watched them in primetime the past couple of weeks, it they just they just don't look like the team that was eleven and zero or whatever they were. So, I agree they they seem to have some struggles, and and Buffalo really took it to them last night.
0: Let's talk about Sunday, Maine. Let's, let's, let's talk, talk about some of these games. Uh, we talked about Derrick Henry and the Titans. You know, we can just continue on that really quickly. We don't know Matt Stafford's status. So there's no total, no line in front of me. I don't know if you have anything over there. But, um, you know, the Titans are an offensive football team. Hello, it's 2020. It's strange to say, but obviously Henry's in play. And um, A.J. Brown is just a guy. Who you look at his numbers and you're like, huh but he has these monster games, you know, caught a f- crazy flea flicker. He's a yak monster. You know, he, th- that came a week after the Corey Davis uh, huge game. So, you know, if you're playing multi-lines and Henry's going to be the chalk, I would say if you're not using Tannehill, which is okay, I would, you know, maybe use one of those Titans receivers as leverage. Uh, Cause you know, they're more than likely going to put up points, you know, one way or another, especially against a bad defense. So that's kind of my thought there Detroit side of the ball. Not really sure. We need some more news and and see what's going on there
1: with Matt Stafford.
0: Yeah, agreed
1: there. Always have interest in the Titans just because of that big play ability that guys like Henry, A.J. Brown both have. And on the Detroit side, if if Stafford's not good to go, then definitely would not have any interest there. And even if he's in – I don't know that I – that I love a ton, Hawkinson probably the best option. He he's been relatively steady, but also at the same time hasn't flashed a crazy ceiling. And Marvin Jones, the other person that you could maybe go to, although I I fell fell into a bit of that trap this past week using him as the run back option to my Aaron Rodgers stack, and that that did not work out very well. But for me, it's it's mostly Derrick Henry in this spot. I just think it's such a good matchup, and Potential game script for him. I think he gets 25-plus carries and easily hits the 100-yard bonus and gets in the end zone once or twice. So, Derrick Henry, main play for me in this game.
0: Yeah, and we talk about that condensed market share. Titans are one of those teams where if one of the receivers are affordable, which A.J. Brown's getting up there, though, we've seen that running back receiver from the same team uh, correlation work out in some lineups. Earlier in the year when Justin Jefferson was much cheaper, you know, you could play Dalvin and him together kind of thing. It's tough to do it with A.J. Brown and Henry, but if you found a way to do it on Sunday, if you didn't play an expensive stack, you know, A.J. Brown had 27 and a half, I think. Um, and you need teams with condensed target shares and air yards. You, know, you, you ideally know where the ball's going to go. A.J. Brown, 37% of the air yard market share this year. Corey Davis, 34% for the Titans. So, you know, they're combining for over uh, 70% of the Titans air yard market share. So, you know, you know, the opportunity is typically going to be there. Um, And in week 13, when Corey Davis went off against Cleveland, AJ Brown actually had 5% more of their yard market share in that game. So uh, those opportunities are going to be there. Uh, And in a game where the Titans need to get a win to clinch a playoff berth, I think there's some leverage there. Now, I don't think, it's going to be very hard, and I'm, I don't know if I would play Henry at 9,500 with with A.J. Brown, but what's Corey Davis? I mean, he's probably around 6K or maybe a little bit cheaper. So, I mean, if you're feeling GPPs, um, you know, that could be a thing. So, uh, it's kind of a guessing game with A.J. Brown and Corey Davis, though, right? I mean, typically, one of them at least has a respectable floor in, in a Titans game. but Yeah, absolutely. So, and I'm looking at Bucks falcons because it's next on my list. And usually you just think offense, offense, offense. The Falcons are just – they're like Jekyll and Hyde. I i don't know how to figure them out. Calvin Ridley played really well. Julio Jones was out. Killed me in my annual league. Still won, but that kind of sucked, not having Julio Jones. So I will have to monitor Julio's status uh, moving forward. It's kind of at the point where it's like, well, they're not going to rush to play him, right? Because what's the point? So – that's uh interesting game. And you got Tampa Bay who's right in the thick of things in the NFC hunt. Fifty-one total here. Bucks are five and a half road favorites, TJ.
1: Yeah, this one I think sets up nicely for a game stack, except for the fact that sometimes it's tough to know where where the ball's gonna go, especially on the Buccaneers side. I'm taking a look at this past week they just had They didn't even throw the ball that many times. Tom Brady only threw the ball 23 times. And, again, as we've come to to get used to, very spread out, five targets for Evans, five targets for Antonio Brown, three for Chris Godwin, one and two for a couple of the other guys, which makes it tough because they really do spread the ball around and there has been no consistency in terms of who to target at the same time. They certainly had some spike games with guys like Evans or Godwin. And I think that they'll all come in at low ownership. So you can look to one of them and, and Ridley, I would say, on the Atlanta side is maybe the only only person of interest at this rate. Hayden Hurst didn't do absolutely anything last week. Thought that he was in a potential spot as a leverage GPP tight end play last week. Did, did not work out at all not a ton of interest there so man the more I talk about it I I want to like this game but I don't really like many of the individual players within the game which which makes it a little bit more difficult and so I think that by the time Sunday comes around I'll probably end up looking
0: elsewhere yeah Scotty Miller caught a a long touchdown too so that ball's going everywhere yeah
1: just so hard to predict
0: yeah Tom Brady's another victim of Twitter memes and, and everything and his noodle arm or whatever this year, but guys, 30 touchdowns. He's going to throw for 4,000 yards. <laughs> this is a bad Tom Brady year, and it's, it's, it's pretty good for a guy who is what? How old is he, 44? Is he 44?
1: I think so, yeah. 43? 43, 44. Almost old
0: enough to be my dad. Almost. Like, probably not, unless he was, like, a super young dad, but – you know, you know, what I'm getting at. I mean, the dude's gray. He's old, and he's slinging the ball yet. It's he's fine. Um, yeah, I thought he'd click a little better with those weapons. Okay, he's had some horrible throws this year for sure. But I mean, listen, the guys still put them in position to to make the playoffs. And when's the last time they were super competitive? It, it's been a while. And you're right. I want to like this game. I just, I just don't know. And and who the hell schedules these games? You know, they play Atlanta Sunday and then they play again week seventeen. I, I hate that. I just it's like I was like, Do they play Atlanta this year yet? Nope, Two of the last three weeks. I, I don't know. It's just like weird some of the scheduling this year. But yeah, I mean the the Bucks I guess are in play. Just we're all about volume and opportunity and sure one of them could go off, but it's just better paying elsewhere where you know where the ball is more than likely gonna go. I think we're on the same page there. Yeah uh Baltimore 13 point fairs against the Jags you know we might as well at this point just wait and see you know Baltimore plays Monday night we don't have all the infos so there could be injuries more COVID news could break out I don't know um obviously there might be some Ravens in play there against the Jags um we should talk about the Bears and the Vikings because I
1: was about to say the Bears and Vikings I think is one of the more interesting games to me
0: yeah for a lower total it, it's quite interesting there's some interesting pieces there What well, what comes to your mind first
1: I just kind of like both of those offenses because you, because like we just said, you know, where to look to, right. When I think about Chicago, I know that I'm either looking at Allen Robinson or David Montgomery on the Minnesota side, you've got Dalvin cook, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson. You know, that in this game, those five guys are going to command a pretty significant portion of of each of the team's target shares. So for that reason. I think that, and I and I think this game is likely to be a competitive game. Now, yeah, we have two defenses that are are decent enough. So it's not like slam dunk matchups. But I don't know. I, I could see this being a, a sneakier shootout. I think that Trubisky just makes that Bears offense a little bit more dynamic and, and scoring some more points.
0: <laughs> Things you thought you'd never say. Which is
1: like crazy because my goodness. I mean, it's just, you look across the NFL and there, there's such a lack of of good quarterbacks. But he just loves throwing the ball to Allen Robinson. He does. And he does. Allen Robinson is good. So how many targets? Yeah, 13 targets again last week.
0: 13 and two of the last three. You know, it was quietly second on the team in the last two weeks, Cole Komet. 3K flat. Is it finally Cole Komet season? Of course, Jimmy Graham caught the touchdown. But are we finally seeing Cole Komet? Let me see. Do we have snaps on Cole Komet? Let me refresh this here. Anyway, yeah, you're right on Allen Robinson. And, yeah, and, seven uh, targets each of the last two games. Yeah, he he's finally here. Finally here. Maybe, right? Like, I don't know. Jimmy Graham, household name, red zone guy. That's it at this point. That's really it. Yeah. Um, while I'm looking up Cole Komet, Talk to me about David Montgomery. The Twitter world is vicious. We talked about Tom Brady, people hating on Brady, people complaining about Derrick Henry. People love to hate David Montgomery. Now he's 7K. Who's going to pay 7K for David Montgomery? Are you? I might. I don't know. We'll see how it fits.
1: They do love to hate him. 7K is, is getting a bit a bit up there, but three straight games, 27, 27, 28 DraftKings points. I already talked about the fact that he only ended up with 11 carries last week, which I still don't know why that, that happened. It seemed like they were giving the ball to Cordell Patterson a couple times, which is a little bit annoying, but he also sees work in the pass game last three games, four, four and six targets. So I think he's, I think you can play him. I think that seven K is, is pricey and not ideal. And I've, uh, but I think you can get him at very low ownership. I like that a lot. So like it's an interesting range there because you've got you've got Jonathan Taylor, you've got Robinson, you've got Montgomery, you've got Miles Sanders, all lumped in there. So good opportunities for for GPP pivots. I'm I'm, I'm I know we'll get the Cam Akers soon, but I'm very curious to see how he's going to to get handled because he played. of the snaps in the last game, Cam Akers. But we know that Sean McVay can just at any given moment just completely change his mind on who he wants to use. So I don't know if that will scare people off of Akers or if they're just going to slam him in at only 6,600 against the Jets.
0: Before we move on, Cole Komet's season started after the bye week when Matt Nagy finally gave up play calling duties. If Matt Nagy was holding this kid back, come on. Week twelve, he outsnapped Jimmy Graham fifty-four to twenty-four. Week thirteen, he outsnapped Jimmy fifty-four to thirty-four, and last week fifty-one to twenty-nine. Cole Komet, so it's here. Three K. I, I mean, I'm I will bet he will be one of the higher owned tight ends probably when Sunday rolls around and everyone starts talking about him. We're like we're like starting the Cole Komet parade with this podcast probably, but. 3K flat, you're you're on the field that much, you know, outside of Allen Robinson, for whatever reason, Trubisky and Foles just can't hit wide open Darnell Mooney's or Anthony Miller's, so Cole Komet might be one of the more preferred targets here. So, I'm interested in Cole Komet. We always talk about how ugly tight end is, so I'll definitely, you know, look to him for some value for sure.
1: Yeah, actually, I like that call a lot. Anytime that we can pay down at tight end for someone that's getting some volume. And in a half decent spot, I think that's good. There we go, we've got it. You just Trubisky, Allen Robinson, Komet and Justin Jefferson. There's your There's your game stack. Fill in the rest of the pieces. Can I fit win Derek all the money?
0: Henry. Can I if fit? I think yeah, I think you might be able to. Yeah, what's Trubisky? Is he like what six k or something? Fifty five hundred. Oh no, respect. Slap some respect on his name. It's pretty
1: cheap. There it is. There it Giving is. Giving out the winning GPP lineup as we speak on on Monday.
0: I'm gonna throw it in the uh, in the three dollar one, or if I have a milli ticket, screw it. I'll throw it in. I'll throw it in the bear stack with the, with Jefferson. There we go. I love it. Hey, hey you know people. Are, oh, the Bears were good against receivers. Oh, well, Jefferson smacked them the last time they were on primetime a couple weeks ago. He absolutely went off. I don't. I don't know if Thielen was in that game though. Can't remember. But what is what well, really, really though for a team that underperformed early in the year? What they have six wins. Kirk Cousins' this offense has been. Okay, they had some rough tough sledding <laughs> to open the year, but Justin Jefferson, does it does it pain you to know that you know how he took Jalen Rigor over Jefferson oh. or do you think Rigor could still be pretty good? I think Rigor could still be pretty good. But Jefferson's I, good now, so it kinda hurts.
1: Agreed. I think. I, I think he could still be pretty good, but I think that Jefferson is already
0: confirmed good. Well, talk to me about Cam Akers since uh we got about fifteen, twenty minutes left here. You're right, Sean McVay can flip on a dime earlier in this year there were reports that he would be acres would be more involved and it kind of burnt a lot of people when he saw like two snaps and after the game mcvay was like man what was a, a game flow thing okay sean whatever you say but if you tuned into our thursday night showdown show i would say as in, showdown is so tough because you, you really have to nail everything and you know the nfl is unpredictable as it is i would say my calls are like 65 percent pretty good and then like 35 percent like I whiffed but like, I was all about cam makers like I was like, okay McVeigh, you need to win if you're gonna be stubborn like Doug Peterson and not put your you know not get your ball to your best running back and not get your ball to your best player like that's fine and we' were, we've just seen that three-headed monster where he just flips all year but I I'm glad I hope people tuned in you know the fact that we saw acres after acres after acres, and uh Henderson really only came in to to give him a rest after they pounded the ball. And and listen, the Rams line was moving people on Thursday night football. As good as Akers was and his vision was good, uh the Patriots D line was was quite frankly embarrassing. If you look at one of our great tools on um, Gridiron IQ, you can really, you know, see, you know, what percentage of uh, zone runs, team runs, and how, uh, what the rushing success was on those types of plays and things like that. And the Rams are just a very good running team. So I am super curious as to what Cam Akers ownership will be. TJ, I think he's appropriately priced. He's like a guy, he's like 6,600. It's like that mysterious price range where it's like, well, are people gonna play him or not? You know,
1: I agree. It's, I'm leaning towards. Got to play him. So last four weeks, his his snap count percentages went from 17% to 27% to 63% to 79% last week. And that is a pretty promising indicator, I would say. Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson both just fallen off a cliff in terms of their snap rates. And you can't ask for a better matchup. Obviously, um, against the Jets that are are trying to lose out there, so I think I think you can pull the trigger on it and and feel pretty good about it. But I guess the one knock on him too, it doesn't seem like he's involved in the pass game much, right? Yeah, you know, you're, you're you're not hoping for any targets from him, so right. But that but at 6600, I mean that's okay if he's going to get his 20 plus carries in this matchup.
0: Yeah, the team, team totals over thirty right now. So yeah. <laughs> I uh I like it. I saw someone tweeted out like what's a six hour plane ride home if you're the Jets like, you know, after you just get the uh Wait, were, were the Jets at home against Seattle? I want to talk about that because, like, if there was a get-right spot for Seattle, it was against the Jets yesterday. And, and they got right. And they got right for sure. And, yeah, yeah, they were at Seattle. Like, what's a six-hour plane ride home, like, after you just get the brake speed off you? <laughs> Coming home, like, you know, we're nowhere tanking. For some reason, Adam Gase is still with the team. It's just beyond me. But, yeah, Russell Wilson, you know, 200 yards, but through threw four touchdowns. You know, Chris Carson, 76 yards at a touchdown. You know, Metcalf, six for 60 and a touchdown. You know, Lockett didn't get any love. But um, does that show you how bad the Jets are? I know this is like a – we can't say that, well, the Seahawks beat the Jets. So, like, they should come out and, and, you know, be productive over the football team. But that's another game where I feel like maybe there might be a sneaky over. What's the total of that? Football team versus Seahawks game. I think it's like forty six or something like that. I'm seeing forty-three and a half. I'm seeing that open at fifty four and a half and it's down to forty
1: three and a half. So it got bet Whoa. down already. Whoa, really? That's a huge swing. And it got bet down two points already from what I'm seeing. That Seattle five point favorites. That's a pretty low total. I don't know. Maybe there's I don't know if there's weather concerns in Washington. If they're gonna be I don't know. Getting some of The, the snow that we think we're getting—I don't know what what would yeah. bet the total down like that so quickly.
0: Could be. I mean, it should be gone by then, though. We're get—we're supposed to get knocked here in Pennsylvania on Wednesday, right? I'm seeing like 12 to 18 inches of snow, and, and where I live here, I live between like Philly and the Poconos. Not looking forward to that, but uh, it should be gone by Sunday, I would think. I'm not a meteorologist, yeah, at all. But uh, ugh.
1: so I don't know what's betting that down, but I I, I do agree with you that that so there's not there's not a lot of clear games like a lot of the high totals on this slate are also either one one team's a big favorite or it's like the atlanta tampa game where it's a little bit unclear but seattle washington you've got condensed offenses where on the seattle side you've got the the russ metcalf Lockett i suppose although he, he's been yeah he hit another Quite average game last week, and then on the football team you've got McLaurin, typically my my go-to guy there. Logan Thomas, maybe if you're looking to pay down a tight end. So I could see some some mini stack love here in this
0: game. Yeah. Tough couple of weeks for McLaurin, right?
1: Yeah, he hasn't. It's been a, it's been a bit for him.
0: Alex Smith left the game in the second quarter. Don't know what his status is right now. I saw Dwayne Haskins came in, uh, threw the ball 12 times. It seems like McLaurin was a lot more fun with Dwayne Haskins. Love Alex her Smith. Her. Let's take care of the ball. Let's throw the ball 15 times to J.D. McKissick and Logan Thomas. You know, safe, safe, safe. It's cool, whatever. Love Alex Smith. He should become back player of the year. But he made Terry not fun anymore. But uh, we'll see what happens with Alex Smith. I'm not exactly sure if there have been any updates on him. But I actually kind of think I like McLaurin a little more at Haskins because he's maybe a little more willing to take a couple of shots. I mean, we saw the numbers McLaurin was putting up earlier this year. But uh, also, who knows with Antonio Gibson? I mean, is he in or is he out? I don't know. Or do we know?
1: Um, I do not know. I do not think we know.
0: It says that Ron yeah, removed him for precautionary reasons. So – Definitely worth keeping an eye on, you know, for sure. In that game, give me another one. What's yeah. all, Are we what transitioned me to another game here? What's what haven't we covered that?
1: Let, let's do want to do Houston Indy. We, we, I talked should about do. Jonathan Darrell very briefly, but I think that we should yeah. talk on that game because that's got a high total as well. Yeah, 52 and a half Indy, seven point home favorites against the, the Texans, Texans who are. Just just falling apart a bit. No more Brandon Cooks. I think that that makes their offense a little bit less dynamic as a whole. But I still think that, that there's some upside to this game and that Houston can keep up with Indy. And Indy's been a team that has been difficult to predict for a large part of the season. But it seems like it's starting to become the Jonathan Taylor and T.Y. Hilton show in Indianapolis. And Jonathan Taylor specifically this this past week, 20 carries, 150 yards, two touchdowns. So I'm interested in in
0: Jonathan Taylor
1: in a pretty good matchup at home against the Texans.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. He's kind of priced a little more accordingly now too where some people may be like, wow, am I, am I, is this the time where I play Jonathan Taylor for 7,200? But I like the matchup, and I think if you're not paying up, up, up for Derrick Henry – and maybe by some chance, there's no min price or 5K value. I think you're right. I think this mid tier is going to garner uh, quite a bit of ownership. Uh, I love how Ty Hilton's getting the ball a lot more, finally getting right two weeks in a row. I mean, he's had some smash matchups, though. You know, obviously Vegas, um, and then Houston before, and he, the Houston secondary is bad, guys. It's it's really bad. So. I do like Hilton. On the contrary, I know your boy, Michael Pittman, I think you mentioned him every time we talk about the Colts. He will be minimally, minusculely like 1%. So if you're looking for a little bit of leverage here, you know, two guys in Hilton and, and Taylor that will carry ownership, it's probably the forgotten guy, Michael Pittman. I mean, do you have any anything on Pittman? What, I don't even know what his numbers were last week. What's going on with your boy there? It's not
1: good. I think ever, ever since I started mentioning him, he's <laughs> been terrible. Uh Five targets, two catches forty two yards that's not gonna do it for us guys that's not that's not good enough. He was having games earlier of seven eight nine kind of targets, and the last two games, five targets seems like he's losing a bit of that market share to to t y Hilton, who's had seven and eleven targets the past two games, They're running the ball more with Taylor. Generally speaking, they've, they've been spreading the ball around. So <sighs> I'm not going to speak illy of Pittman, but I'm not going to give him a super strong endorsement this week. It just doesn't seem to be there right now, and, and it's probably nothing more than, than a dart throw at this stage, unfortunately.
0: That's fair. I mean, T.Y. just got, like, brought back from the dead the last two weeks. So I don't know. It happened once. Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. I mean, <laughs> in another favorable matchup where it might not be a blowout. Cause I don't know how good the Colts are. I still don't know. We're like almost through the season and I, I don't know. Obviously Houston's really struggling, you know, when Chad Hansen's relevant in fantasy football, you know, uh, Key- you know what he is he is kind of relevant he, he i was actually
1: looking relevant. at him he had i played what? him i played him in one of my tournament lineups
0: What's he he had seven targets seven targets at
1: 4200 on DraftKings.
0: we know you they could, can't run the ball you could look i
1: could see him being a guy that pops as the as a lower priced cash game type of wide receiver which this is a note to myself every single week some scrub jets wide receiver shows up as like the must-play cash game wide receiver. Like Rashad Perryman, like literally like 70% owned in cash games last week. Mental note to myself to stop playing these Jets receivers in cash. They never get more than 10 points, ever, and they're not going to. So I'd rather play someone like Chad Hansen, who is at least in an offense that has a chance to score some points and therefore score some fantasy points. So that's my – but, yeah, at a first look of cheaper – punt wide receivers, he he definitely I think deserves some consideration. He he out targeted QT, who I think only had three targets last week.
0: Yeah. And Kiki tore up the Colts a couple weeks ago. Had a big sixty yard catch though in that game too, but I, I, I will I'm not like going out of my way to play either Hanson or, or Kiki, but they're gonna throw the ball. They can't run. They haven't been able to run the ball all year. I don't think that's gonna change, especially against Darius Leonard in that front seven. So, I mean, if I land on one of them, I'll I'll probably be okay with it, right? Like, there's upside sure. there a little bit for those prices. Um, so I'm with you. I'm with you. I
1: think you can. I mean, I think you can kind of still play Deshaun Watson too. Yeah,
0: and I think he'll be not? very he'll much be so under owned.
1: Right? Uh, he'll be he'll be under owned. He was under owned last week. I still think you can go to Deshaun Watson, even though it's not going to look good on paper because they they don't have a high team total or whatever. He's still one of the, the more dynamic quarterbacks and makes for a pretty easy stack, right? You can go right him, Q T and Hanson and then run it back with, with Taylor or Hilton and then have yourself a little pretty cheap game stack there and then fit in your your other pieces around it. So th- th- I think there's some some fantasy goodness in this game that
0: we can it, could be. it a few different ways. GPPs. Yeah, I kind of tell myself, like, if it looks good on paper, it should be a cash lineup. Uh, that's kind of what I remind myself. If I like it too much, then it's probably not unique enough or there might not be enough upside. You know, not not to get too crazy, but mm-hmm. it, it just seems like, it, you know, just kind of a little bit of a reminder. You got to be a little uncomfortable to to take down GPPs and, like, you know, five that's to done. ten extra money or more. And if that means play a Chad Hansen or, or – Fire into Deshaun Watson I mean it's not like you're playing a bad quarterback it's one thing if like you're playing well I don't know Joe Flacco's in a great matchup you're playing Deshaun Watson who still has rushing upside the Colts may not be as good defensively in the back end as we say they are um you know Houston was at Chicago who's pretty good against wide receivers I, I don't know maybe obviously first game without Cooks and Fuller it, it, that really sucks that hurts but I like that call I like the Watson call for GPPs and you know, you pair him with Kiki or Hanson, right? You're going to have some money to spend elsewhere. So I think that's also really interesting. You know what else is interesting? If you're looking for a couple stocking stuffers, Manscaped has a bunch of good products, TJ. Love their products. Let's see if I can get through telling you about some of them with the straight face. But for, for example, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, it says the name speaks for itself and it certainly does. It certainly does. The crop mop, ball wipes—you never know when an opportunity strikes, so you should always be prepared. They also, have foot deodorant, which is crazy. I mean, that might be a popular thing with, with the athletes. I'm not an athlete anymore. I am certainly washed up. my my days My days are done. But if you got stinky feet, the foot duster, foot deodorant is is some high quality stuff. Let me tell you. Anyway, seriously, Manscaped is the real deal. Great Christmas presents, you know, good bro present. Go over there to the manscaped.com with promo code ROTO. That's R-O-T-O. Go get 20% off and free shipping. Happy holidays. Get on over there. Manscaped.com, promo code R-O-T-O, 20% off and free shipping. You never know when you need the foot duster foot deodorant. Maybe it can help out with Philip Rivers Turf Toe. I don't know. Is Carson Wentz going to go play with, play with Frank Reich next year or what? I mean, they're on the hook for a lot of money with their quarterbacks, but. Saw, what do you think?
1: I saw someone tweet that. Uh, it's a, it was an interesting thought. He's got, yeah, it's going to be quite the offseason, I think, for the Eagles because they're going to have to figure something out. You can't just have the multi, multi millionaire quarterback sitting on the bench.
0: I think wins could be fixed. I I I what do I know? But like it's just been so bizarre. I don't know. I don't know. I mean the Colts have he got he's gotta go somewhere. Well, I don't know if we'll have a choice where he goes, but if he does, he needs an offensive line. The Colts have it, right? I don't know. We'll see. He
1: definitely needs that because he does not does not make the decisions quick enough.
0: It's almost time to get out of here. So I know we didn't cover every game, but we hit on a lot of big things. I don't know who we're going to see a quarterback for the Patriots is one thing I wanted to mention a very low total game, very low total game. Um, potential for some turnovers, maybe if Stidham plays and even if Cam plays, he's looked pretty bad. So, um, you know, I'm always hunting for turnovers. Do you have any read? Or do you hear anything on if Stidham's going to be the guy? Maybe we saw the last time we've we'll see Cam didn't play uh, start an NFL game. Maybe.
1: I have not heard anything, but I'm also not interested in this game, no matter what. 41 total. That's one of the lower ones. It's bad. We've seen.
0: It's really just.
1: It's just going to be a bad game, and there's not really a lot to love on either team.
0: Is DeAndre Hopkins back? I want to, as an Eagles fan, I know we talked about Hurts, like they're playing the Cardinals over in Arizona. Hopkins saw 24 targets the last two games. I'm not super interested in Kyler, but I'm definitely interested in Hopkins.
1: Yeah. I think he'll continue to go over – or, sorry, under-owned. He's sitting right at 7,900. So, yeah, that's a good – that's a good option there. He's – he's, I mean, he wasn't even that bad for a while where he was supposedly bad, but he's back to seeing those double-digit targets after – Two weeks of seven and eight, so I think Hopkins is a a good call there and should come in certainly under 10% owned. Probably got, my favorite piece from from that
0: squad. Agreed, agreed. Christian Kirk, you know, has his multi-touchdown days every now and then. I It's just been a while. It's been a while. And I, mean, I know you mentioned Kyler earlier. I just don't know if he's right. Like, he's just not rushing the ball. Did he run against the Giants? I'm, I'm a quick look. That's the last thing I want to look at. Then I'll shut up and let all you – oh, okay, 13. He 13. ran 13 times. Okay. So what's up with him, man? He had three straight weeks of five rushes in each game, and now he gets 13. I mean, if he's going to run the ball 13 times again, there's his upside. Like, that's his upside because he's not going to throw for 300 yards, right, typically. He actually he has two 300-yard games this year. That's it. But if he runs the ball 13 times against the Eagles, I'm, I am very much so interested in 7K. I just – I don't know what happened to him those last couple of weeks, you know? I don't know. I can't find anything.
1: Yeah, it's a tough one. And it's just one of those things where I, I don't think we're going to know. Maybe after the season we'd find out. But I don't think there's any chance of us finding out that he's hurt or that he's got something going on. But it's definitely promising to see the 13 rushing yeah. attempts. So, so maybe that – that brings him back into the fold for tournaments, although I'm not, I'm still not super excited no. to but, play him.
0: I mean, there's upside at 7K for Kyler Murray, right? Absolutely, absolutely. He was a calendar month ago. He was 8,500. I mean, he, he was the QB1. You said it at one point. Um,
1: yeah, for almost the first half of the season, I would say. He there's another GPP. 30 points every game.
0: Another GPP candidate for you. I mean, I'm sure he'll garner a little bit of ownership, but – there's a lot of guys in play this week. And, uh, you know, he didn't exactly lay up the the box score against the Giants, but it was just good to see him run 13 times. So, all right. All right. Enough of me blabbering here. Let's get out of here. TJ, anything else before we pack up for the night?
1: Not much else. Good luck to everyone that advanced to semifinals of their, their respective season long home leagues. Hopefully we get some, some league champions out there. I'll be, Sweating a final season long via Mark Andrews tonight in the Monday night game. him to score 14 points. Not likely, but possible. So you never know.
0: He's good for those once in a while, the two touchdown 30-yard games, you know.
1: Exactly. That's all all we need.
0: Give TJ a follow on Twitter at TJL5124. Look me up at the J. Carlucci. Feel free to hit us up. Any questions, we'll try to point you in the right direction. We're always here to help out. Check out Roto-Grinders and all of our, our premium shows. Great articles. The premium content is awesome. Uh, honestly, just for the projected ownership, Chris Jomino and company do a fantastic job. That, that's worth the price right there. And then you get a billion other uh, reasons to have it. Amazing articles, premium shows, and a bunch of good free shows too. Just come on, check us out, rotogrinders.com. So for TJ Lasig and the rest of the Roto-Grinders Team, I'm Justin Carlucci. Have a great day and good luck.